Welcome to the House of Lee NYC. Come on in, meet regular folks doing interesting things, and get tips for resourceful living. Hi, I'm Lee. Thank you for stopping by. Today's episode is a fun one. I have Elaine Gianetti with me today. She is an amazing calligrapher and the owner of Right pretty for me. We are going to get into it about calligraphy. And I've got to let you know that we are on location. I was able to find a spot where we could meet and it's at one of those rehearsal spaces. So you may hear opera coming up. You may hear people in the hallway. I apologize, but you know me. Have microphone. We'll use it anywhere. Elaine, welcome. Hi, Lee. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So let's get started. Tell us, how long have you been in the calligraphy business? Uh, So I started calligraphy uh, about four or five years ago. It started as just a hobby, uh, but I've had my own business, uh, Write Pretty For Me, for two years now. So when I think of calligraphy, I think of like 1970s (laughs) box kit with like the nib where you dip it and you're playing around, but it's become a huge trend. So tell us. Yeah, it really has. Um, you're exactly right when that, that's what you think of. And that's what I started learning on. That's called pointed pen, um, where you dip it in the ink. So that's how I started. Uh, I started with addressing envelopes for weddings and everything. And then that sort of morphed into more day of projects for weddings and events. So um, now I write on anything and everything using markers, watercolor paints, the dip pen still and kind of take a more modern twist on this traditional art form. And so do you do mostly wedding stuff? I do. It's mainly weddings, uh, but I also, I just recently finished up a baby shower. I've done bridal showers. And so let me ask you, when you're doing things for these events, what exactly are the requests? So I get requests for a wide variety of things. The main projects are definitely envelope addressing because everybody wants to send out their invitations in a nicely addressed envelope. Place cards are also a big request. So when people are coming into the event, so they know where to find their seat. And then signs are also a big one. Um, Right now, signs on mirrors are super popular. So people will bring me their mirror. I will write on it, um, for example, if it's a signature cocktail sign for a wedding to put on the bar. Um, And how big are these signs? And are you afraid of ever breaking one? (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) Has it ever happened? (laughs) No, luckily it has not. (laughs) Um, But they range in size. The smaller, you know, a welcome sign or a cocktail sign can be anywhere from about 11 by 14 to like a you know 24 by 30. The biggest uh, sign that I've ever worked on was a mirror seating chart and it was over six feet tall. So I had to get up and down on a ladder to write out everything. <laughs> and did you mess up at all or were you just like when you get started you can do it all the way through? When Yeah I try to get myself started. I set everything up. I use these uh, pencils that are water soluble so they're white and they can write on glass or uh, acrylic sheets and then they can just wipe off with a paper towel. So I use that to plot everything out so that I kind of have an idea of where I'm going with it. And then luckily glass is pretty forgiving so if you make a mistake with the ink, quick little Windex on paper towel, wipe it and you can start over again. But I try not to let that happen too often. (laughs) Oh my gosh. 
And so the markers that you're using, are those the same ones that you find in like a coffee shop? on the board where they're writing, you know, Some of them are. I think those are more chalk markers. So what I use for glass is an oil-based paint marker. So almost like a Sharpie paint marker or the, the brand that I use is called Sakura Pen Touch. Uh, and they're permanent oil-based. Um, they will come off of mirrors with a little bit of elbow grease. That way, if somebody wants to reuse the mirror that they used for their wedding or event, then they can they can take it off and use it again in their home. Oh, so. my gosh. And so you mentioned a moment ago about addressing envelopes. Mm-hmm. And the one thing, you know, your work is gorgeous. Everybody, you're going to have to go. You're welcome. <laughs> have to go look at it. But my question, because my brain operates at a different warp speed than everybody else's, is, oh, my gosh, is the post? office going to be able to read that address and get it to the right person? Have you, has, has anybody ever reported things having to be returned? Luckily, no, nobody has. So, you know, that's the thing with modern calligraphy. It is kind of your own whimsical style, but I still try to make it legible so that way people don't run into problems with the post office. <laughs> well, you know, that just reminds me, I was watching Shark Tank. Have you ever seen Shark Tank? I have, yes. yes. Well, there was this uh, segment where these two ladies had a business where they wrote messages, I think, on balloons or balls and they'd said yeah the post office will mail almost anything so they put the address right on the ball or the balloon interesting yeah anybody out there see that that's so cool i'm gonna have to look that up (laughs) (laughs) so now you had mentioned sakura point sakura pen touch so can we just dive right in and tell listeners who want to get into calligraphy what is a good pen set to begin with So I started with the basic speedball pen holder. Um, It's relatively cheap. They sell it in Michael's craft stores. My favorite website to order calligraphy supplies is called paperandinksarts.com. And so I use the speedball, just straight pen holder. And my favorite nib is the Nico G. So that's what I started learning on for dip pen. For markers, you can start with almost anything. You, If you have Crayola markers lying around, you can just start practicing letter forms with Crayola markers and, you know, playing with the different edges of that. Uh, my One of my favorite brush markers are Tombow, T-O-M-B-O-W. Uh, those are super fun to play around with. And my other favorite one is Sigma Pen Touch. Wow. And so uh, just segueing a little bit, Mm -hmm. I was just Googling stuff before we met up and I found a June 2015 article in the New Yorker and they interviewed some calligraphers and one of them said that the scratching sound of the nib and the movement of a pen equals a pleasurable sensation. Yes, I have heard that before. (laughs) And there's actually calligraphers who have posted videos on YouTube of just that scratching sound because people enjoy it so much. I don't mind it, but every once in a while it does get to be like nails on a chalkboard. It's like, ooh, (laughs) wow, okay, change the grip on your pen there. (laughs) Is that what that's from? Wrong grip? Oh my gosh. And then I also found out that uh, according to a March 2013 article on the website theweek.com, there was an article about uh, something called Calligraphy Gate in the White House. Have you heard of that? 
No, I haven't. So basically, Obama had suspended tours of the White House because of a sequester, and the conservatives, according to this article, made fun of the White House calligraphy team because the cost for the three-person calligraphy team was around $277,000 in salaries. Oh my gosh, can I get a job there? And at the time of our interview, the White House did not get back to me because I wanted to find out whether calligraphers were still on staff. Yeah, that's really interesting. Right? Because all of those uh, formal affairs uh, have handwritten, right? what do you call it, handwritten invitations Mm -hmm. and addressed envelopes. Mm -hmm. So if they do get back to me, I'll put it in the show notes. So make sure you go check out the show notes. So after Elaine and I finished talking and I was back at headquarters, I received an email from the White House in response to my query, and they said, yes, the White House still has calligraphers, and they do several wonderful projects here, including invitations. And then I'd ask, well, about how many invitations are created each year? And the generic response was, number of invitations varies each year based on the number of events slash meetings. there you go, folks. If there is a diehard calligrapher among you, maybe that could be a new goal of yours. Be a White House calligrapher. And maybe you'd never even thought about it. I, who knew, right? But now you know it. It's up to you what you choose to do with that information. I wish you luck. And again, why not you? If that's something you never thought of, but now the seed is planted, go for it. That's what this show is about. Go for it. So what are your thoughts about all that? I mean, it doesn't surprise me that that's how much their salaries are. Calligraphy is definitely a very detailed-oriented process, um, and it takes a lot of time and care to address envelopes and everything. So even when I get questions about my pricing, I just try to explain it to people that, you know, this... Is, can be a tedious process. I love it, but it is tedious. So well, and you, well, and you have to get paid for your time. Exactly. And, and the love, the the love that you put into it costs something. Exactly. Right. This whole trend—it's amazing. Do you have any idea about the timing of this trend and when it started to really blossom? Do you have any idea? I'm going to say it started well over two years ago because it was already going on when I kind of got into it. Um, I was able to explore more different mediums like the mirrors and glass and wood and whatnot. That's called diversification, folks. (laughs) (laughs) She will write on anything. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What is the most unique thing you've ever written on? That's such a good question. I... One of my favorite things to do as like personal exploration and whatnot is trying different surfaces out. So, I mean, mirrors are definitely my favorite, but the most unique, I would say, were probably oyster shells. And they were also probably the hardest, but one of the most rewarding projects because they looked so awesome afterwards. But, you know, it's a concave surface, so (laughs) you got to get your pen in there. And (laughs) how many times did you have to erase it and start over? 
Luckily, I had some <laughs> extra shells, so. <laughs> oh. oh, so wait, you used permanent mm-hmm. markers. Is yeah, that I the used, right term, marker? Yeah, but I actually used the dip pen and ink for that one. What? So the nib, yeah, because my markers wouldn't write on the <laughs> shells. So that was kind of a <laughs> wrench when I started it, a wrench in the plan. <laughs> hey, so let me ask you, was there a nib scratch sound on that oyster shell? There definitely was, and that was definitely like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try that at home, folks. No. <laughs> While trying to figure out just how many calligraphers such as yourself are out there, I went to that wedding site called thenot.com, and I typed in calligraphers near Manhattan, and 54 people showed up. And then I did Hoboken, and 34 people showed up. So that means there are about 100 people in our area who have listed themselves as calligraphers, and that doesn't include those who have not yet listed themselves with such an online service. And then I went to Etsy, right? We all know Etsy. You have a shop there, right? I do, yes. I have a shop there, but, you know, it's not as fancy as Elaine's. But when I typed in custom calligraphy, 6,400 results popped up. Oh, my gosh. So I don't know how many people were generating those 6,400 results or if that was uh, literally 6,000-ish people. But that's an interesting number, I thought. Yeah, that's a lot. That That is a lot. So how do you handle competition or do you even think like that? I try not to think about it too much. I feel like everybody has their own style and everybody who is looking for calligraphy for their wedding or their event or just for their home if they're shopping for home goods on Etsy, they are looking for something in particular, whether that's in a certain price range or a certain style of calligraphy. And I know that I can't please everyone, so there does need to be other competition, other calligraphers out there um, because somebody might not like, like me, but they might like somebody else. And that's great. So I try not to think about it too much. I try to just do my own thing and rest assured that somebody out there likes my work. <laughs> exactly. And that's so important that people should really take to heart, which is you can't please everybody and you've got to do you. Share with us some of the different styles and what is your style? Sure. So the two main styles are traditional and modern. I practice modern calligraphy. And what does that mean? I mean, we're on radio, so can you describe (laughs) it? Sure. So it's just a little more whimsical, in my opinion. Uh, Basically, it doesn't follow rules. So whereas traditional calligraphy, one of those forms is called copper plate, which I think a lot of people, that's probably what comes to mind when you think of calligraphy is the traditional copper plate. It's very, every letter form has to be exactly the same, same height, same width, same angle in your strokes. With modern calligraphy, you can play around more with that. You can break the rules. Your two O's in the same word don't need to look exactly the same. You can have more fun with it. So that's the style that I practice. My envelopes are usually a little bit more traditional looking, but when I'm doing bigger signs and pieces for myself, it's more modern. Nice. And so do you have the discipline and the skill to do the, what did you say, the traditional? The traditional copper plate. I have not dabbled too much into it. It's something that I would love to learn, but just haven't set aside the time yet. Got it. So you're just like modern 
all the way. I'm going for it. Exactly. <laughs> so, do you, let me ask you, what is on, on Instagram, all of these overlays, like with the text and the uh, images, and there is calligraphy, and it's modern. I feel like sometimes it's really hard to read. What are your thoughts on that? Some of them are hard to read, for sure. But I think it's just a matter of somebody's style and what they're trying to go for. I try to keep mine a little more clean and readable just because I want people to know what I'm writing. (laughs) So in my mind, I have this image of when we first met and you had shown me your work that you wrote calligraphy on a brush-like welcome mat, a doormat. How did you do that? (laughs) So I did that with the paint pens that I use on mirrors and everything else. I sketched it out first using just some charcoal so that it would show up on the doormat and then went over it with my paint pen. And and you didn't mess up? It was perfect? You, wow. Well, I sketched it out first, <laughs> tried to lay it out, you know, and before I do anything on any kind of surface, I always do a sketch on paper first. That's where all of my ideas start, just so I have an idea of what the size and the spacing and everything needs to be. And then I'll bring it onto the doormat. And luckily, the, do- the first doormat that I did was just for myself. So oh, if I messed it up, <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> exactly. So in schools here in New York City, they stopped really focusing on teaching children penmanship, like script or cursive. What are your thoughts on that? That makes me so sad. (laughs) I mean, obviously, maybe I'm a little bit biased because I (laughs) do basically practice script as a business, but I think it's really important to know how to write in print and cursive, whether or not you end up using it in your everyday life. I don't know. We learned it growing up, and I think that's part of what kind of led me to where I am today, too, uh, because I always liked writing different letter forms when I was younger, whether it was script or print or bubble letters, whatever it was. So I'm not surprised that this is where I am. So it just, yeah, it makes me sad that they don't teach cursive anymore in school. Like, it was such a, we had a whole class dedicated to it. everything's so digital now so that's also one of the things that I love about what I do is that it's back to you know old art forms and pen on paper and something that's very personal and individual and completely disconnected from technology Um, so yeah (laughs) well and you know film is coming back now the Polaroid cameras are coming back and people are developing their film again exactly yeah yeah we've kind of gone back to older forms of art I mean I even have a record player at home so (laughs) (laughs) I'm guilty as charged but yeah it's really interesting to see how we kind of move back in time even as we've progressed so quickly with technology yeah so what LP are you playing lately lately I have been listening to James Vincent McMorrow I don't know if anybody knows him but he's really good Uh, his newest album I have it on vinyl and it's a great one. Wow. That's what I'll listen to at night when I'm working. Oh my gosh. Now does it does your does the record still have that sound when you put the needle on? It does. It grooves all yeah. that sound. Yeah. I think I love that sound better than the nib on the paper thing. <laughs> I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think? Tell us. Send an email. And so now what tips do you have for people who want to work with a calligrapher? 
So I would say first, definitely do your research, kind of figure out what style you like, what you want for if it's your wedding day or your event. Um, think about how you want it to look. Like I said, again, there's traditional versus modern. And then also do try to do a little bit of research on prices too. Sometimes people think that it's not going to cost that much. But again, like you said earlier, it's your time and your energy and it is a very detail-oriented process. And if you have 300 guests. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So also definitely know your budget that you're working with um, before we reaching out to somebody. Exactly. Now, is there such a thing in your field as getting samples? How does that work? There is, sort of. What I will do is, if somebody's interested in my work or in something specific, I will try to send them a photograph of something that I've already done. That way they can use that as reference and have an idea of what they're looking or what they'll be receiving as the final product. I have a few envelope samples on hand, so I'm always happy to share those with clients. And then if they're looking for a custom project or a custom sign, I will always when, once we've confirmed that that's what we're doing, I will always send them a sketch first for them to approve, whether it's a welcome sign on a mirror or if I'm designing an invitation or something, they'll always get to see a draft before I go to the final. When the brides-to-be then get the package or when they talk to you, what do they say? What are, the, what are their responses? They usually say, wow, I can't believe you did that by hand, <laughs> <laughs> which is like music to my ears. That's exactly why I do it. <laughs> and so you do this by hand. Do you do anything digitally? I do some things digitally. I did recently get an iPad Pro, which is amazing. I so, saw it. A friend of mine had it. I was like, I want one. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely makes things like concept sketches a little bit easier and faster. But all of my day of pieces, like signs, envelopes, obviously, all of that stuff is still done by hand. So really, the only thing that I'll do digitally every once in a while is if I'm adding a little sketch to an to an invitation or something that's going to be printed in more than one quantity. But if that's not the case, then everything else is done by hand. Is there anything you'd like folks to know about calligraphy that we haven't touched upon? I would just say if you're thinking about getting into calligraphy, go for it. It's super fun. I started my journey not thinking that I was going to turn into a business at all. I started as, as just a creative outlet to kind of help get the creative juices flowing when you get home from work after your nine to five. Uh, and then it started with friends asking me to do their weddings and everything. But I would say definitely if you've ever had an interest in it, pick up a pen. You can start with something as simple as a pencil or a pen. Look at other calligraphers that you like, download. You know, there's plenty of resources online. There's plenty of YouTube videos out there that can teach you if you don't have a lot of money to spend on a workshop or whatever. So definitely, Try it out. It's really fun. It's relaxing. You can do it with a glass of wine if you want. So, <laughs> so folks, if you want to reach out to Elaine and have her write 300 invitations or write on your six-foot-tall mirror or anything that you think you want the modern calligraphy to be on, you can reach out to her on Instagram at writepretty4me, spelled out. Again, at right pretty for me. Aline, thank you so much for stopping by today. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. 
Thank you for stopping by. And if I've added something nice to your day, please write a review for me at Apple Casts, otherwise known as iTunes. Or better yet, please subscribe. If you want to share a comment about today's show, or if you'd like to work with me to create your MP3 media package for yourself or your business, please do give me a call at 212-655-9840. Or you can drop me a line at lee at wleefm.com. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.